Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. Our guest today is Nora Al-Harbi. Nora is a teacher and a mother to four children in Saudi Arabia. Her second child, Fadis, is on the autism spectrum. Fadis receives services at Namayi Center, our partner site in Riyadh. In this conversation, we discuss the level of autism awareness in Saudi Arabia and what services are available for families there, how Nora came to accept her son's autism, Fadis's autistic strengths and relationship with his siblings, how his communication skills have developed since attending Namayi Center, and advice for other parents who may be struggling with accepting their child's diagnosis. In this episode, discover what's possible when a mother learns her child's language. For more information about Nora, please visit our show notes at autismknowsnoborders.com. We appreciate your time. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Autism Podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project, and join our community on Mighty Networks at community.globalautismproject.org. And now I present you, Nora Al-Harbi. Hi, Nora. Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Thank you for being here today. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Could you please briefly introduce yourself? Yes, sure. I am Noura Al-Harbi from uh, Saudi Arabia. I am a teacher and a mother for uh, four kids. One of them is autistic. His name is Faris, and he is almost 11 years old now. Okay, great. And your son Faris receives services at our partner site in Riyadh, Namayi Center. And we'll talk about that later. But first, tell us about Faris. So you said he's 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And what are some of his interests? Faris is a very intelligent, organized boy. He is uh, realized time and date. He uh, has to know the schedule for next week or upcoming days. And we have to explain for him our plans and he's excellent in math, dictation, memorization. He tries to understand anything sparks his attention. And he loves electronic games and applications. He spends his free time solving crosswords and visual puzzles uh, while he's listening to music. And he likes sports like basketball and swimming, but he needs to practice them more. Okay. So let's talk about autism in Saudi Arabia. What is the level of awareness and understanding of autism there? Ten years ago, the level of awareness here in Saudi Arabia was very low. Most of people do not know about autism if they do not have an autistic case in their families or among their relatives or their friends. They thought the autistic kids are mentally retarded or uh, their parents did not raise them well. But now, our society is very aware of autism. 
This is due to the awareness campaigns carried out by the responsible authorities. Okay, so over the years, there's been more awareness. And do you know any adults with autism? Are there self-advocates speaking about their lived experiences? No, I don't know uh, adults like this. Like, the old cases do not get good surfaces, like now. Mm. I noticed that all old cases did not improve their skills. But nowadays, like the cases around Faris' age, they get good services and their skills are improved a lot. Mm. What kinds of services are available for families? Families are receiving different services from many government agencies, like the Ministry of Education develops accredited centers to assess the children IQ. And based on uh, the IQ score, it directs them either to uh, inclusion programs in public schools or special education schools or daycare centers. And also the ministry bears the expenses of integration private schools. Uh, also the Ministry of Social Affairs bears the expenses of daycare centers for uh, those who need them. And now we have a very great center like Namai. Namai mm-hmm. is amazing. I, I love them. <laughs> yeah, we love them too. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like for you to receive your son's diagnosis? How old was he at that time? Like two years old. The diagnosis was uh, shocking to me. Because Faris was born with heart problems and underwent open heart surgery. So it was difficult to, for me to uh, accept any uh, new problems mm. that Faris was exposed to. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to get him an assessment? Look, at the beginning, when we know about the diagnosis of Faris' problem, his father conf- was convinced of the diagnosis because he had seen many sources about autism. But for me, it, I suffered of depression. I didn't want to believe it. I attribute all my observations for uh, the late of Faris' skills to the heart surgery. Mm. Uh, but I noticed Faris is not going on. Faris is not improved. His skills, like the, the smaller kids. But his father tried to convince me until I accepted. But he was pessimistic about improvement of Faris' uh, skills. When I was convinced with the diagnosis, I started to look for solutions and ways to improve our skills and help him to uh, learn and find ways to teach him. And uh, I got I got good ways. Mm-hmm. Did you already have your other children at that point? Yeah, I have one one son older than Fats. Okay. 
So was that response the way that your husband was a little bit more sure of the diagnosis and you were more in shock? Is that typical for mothers and fathers there in Saudi Arabia? No, it's the opposite. Like here, I notice most fathers are refusing the diagnosis of their kids and they don't want to accept the differences of their kids and they leave the responsibilities for mothers. Mm. So how did you finally come to accept your son's autism? Really now I love him so much and uh, I accept his autism very much because I notice now Fars is different. He's special. He has his ways to learn and to discover everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if you know about the neurodiversity movement. No, I don't know. There's a lot of talk about accepting children's autism and not seeing it really as a disorder. Mm -hmm. You know that it's really a different way that the brain can work. Yeah, I believe that. Hmm. How did your family and your community respond to Ferris's autism in the beginning? At the beginning, when uh, everybody around me noticed Ferris's differences, they start to asking about him and about his diagnosis. But... I didn't want to say anything about that. I just ignored their questions because I didn't believe the diagnosis. But when Faris was five years old, I start to uh, speak about his diagnosis and his problems. And I found they uh, understand me and help me a lot. Mm. Do you have a support group of other mothers or parents? Some, some of them, not all of them. I met many uh, mothers suffered of depression and they do not recover after depression and they do not want to work on uh, their kids' skills. Mm. Okay. So how does autism affect Ferris's life? The most difficult point faces Ferris is that to build a relationship with others and to have friendship with his classmates. Autism stands like a barrier between Faris and his peers, usually Faris losing his friendship quickly. Mm. Yeah, part of also the neurodiversity movement is to encourage acceptance, acceptance of the child's abilities and ways to communicate. Mm -hmm. So there's a big emphasis on teaching peers how to play with the autistic child instead of teaching the autistic child how to play with the peers. It's like kind of opposite approach that you would think mm -hmm. because it's putting a lot of pressure on the autistic child to change and to be like, quote, normal. But this is how they are. Yes. And so there's a big movement of neuroinclusive teaching to teach the kids in the classroom to look out for ways that that autistic child might be communicating. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I hope Faris will have a chance to try something like this and to uh, practice the kids in his class to find something enjoyable for Faris to share with, uh, with him. Mm. What are some of his strengths related to his autism? He has a very strong memorization. Also, he is very strong in visual puzzles. And uh, <laughs> he is very excellent in math. Like mm-hmm. in his class, he doesn't accept any mistake in, on the board. Mm. Usually, if any student made a mistake on the board, Faris go directly and correct his answer. <laughs> How is his relationship with his siblings? Faris has one older bro- brother and two younger sisters. He loves his brother too much and he tries to imitate him in almost everything. But for his sisters, the younger sister, he feels jealous of her and he is usually fighting with her to get what he wants. But for the youngest one, he doesn't care about her. He doesn't pay attention for her, maybe because she is four months old now. And they understand his problem and his difference and love him as as he is. I remember when he was in kindergarten with uh, his sister. They were in the same class. And the uh, children used to ask her about him and about his strange behaviors like flapping and screaming. And he was not speaking. So she proudly answered them. He is a very smart boy, but he is different and special than all other kids. And she Mm. tried to show them how he is smart in math, in dictation, and how he is good in both languages, Arabic and English. Oh, that is so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you balance your attention as a mother? I try to make balance but usually i i pay more attention for faris i notice my daughter sometimes get jealous of him but i will do my best mm-hmm. what have you learned about yourself from being a mother to faris i didn't know that i am strong like this i thought i can't face a problem like autism But when I come to the situation, I notice that I am brave, I am strong, I am a good teacher, and also I have good abilities to learn more. With Nama'i, I learned how to teach Faris some skills, how to help Faris to express himself and to request what he wants. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about the services he receives at Namai. Well, first, did he receive any services before then? Yeah. He received some services in speech therapy and functional therapy in a government center and uh, little bit sessions in other private centers. Okay, in Riyadh? Yeah, in Riyadh. But in Namai... 
He joined to Nama'i when he was seven years old. This is the first time he joined to them. And he was not speaking at all. He pronounced his first word after the third or fourth session. And it was uh, feel in Arabic, which means elephant in English. Mm-hmm. And he started to learn how to ask what he wants and how to re- request. He stayed with them like uh, for one year and a half. But under some circumstances, he dropped out of the sessions. And he returned back to them when he was 10 years old. At this time, he developed his request skills. And he starts to uh, ask what he wants in sentences, uh, some of them reaching to four or five words. This helped him to improve his behaviors and reduce his tantrums. That's it. Mm. And he's still with them. Yeah, that's great that he's able to communicate his wants. That's so important. Mm-hmm. Yes, I learned this point from Nama'i. Before Nama'i, I didn't know the importance of uh, request. I just worked with, uh, with Faris to improve his uh, pronunciation and uh, other skills. And I didn't concentrate on uh, request, but Nama'i show me how is the importance of requesting. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about when you consider Faris's future? I have a lot of hopes for Faris. First, I hope he completes his uh, education. His father and I will stand by his side to finish his uh, university education and find his right job. I also seek to teach him to depend on himself. Also, I want uh, him to practice his more hobbies, to find uh, some hobbies. He can enjoy them in his free time. I'm looking for someone, a specialist, to teach him how to swim well and to understand the laws of basketball because he loves them a lot. Also, I hope he built a good relationships with those who are around him and to have good friendships which will help him in his life. Yeah. So is he going to school now in a mainstream school? He's in uh, integration, uh, integration private school. He's going to the fourth grade. Got it. By the way, he studied uh, one year in America, in Houston. Mm-hmm. So his English is very well. And I noticed he is trying to learn languages through YouTube, different languages. Mm. He is learning this by himself. What are some of the languages that he's learning? French, Turkish, and Urdu from India. Wow. So, yeah, I've heard before, I don't know if there's any scientific research on this, maybe there is, but that there's a connection between languages and math, like Uh parts of the brain. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I should check on this before I say it (laughs) officially, but... You know, sentences and grammar, it's kind of mathematical, like the syntax. But there is a difficult side for autistic kids, like the pronouns and uh, Mm. females and males. Well, 
some people have trouble with that. Yeah, Faris has this problem. He has the problem with pronouns. Okay. But it is difficult, maybe in Arabic, more difficult than in English. It's easier in English. I see. Yeah, Arabic sounds like a very complicated language, even the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nora, I'd like to close with one last question. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to other parents of autistic children in Saudi Arabia? I would like to say to every family has an autistic kid. Now, in Saudi Arabia, we have better services and the society is aware of autism. But we're still in the beginning of the way. So uh, everyone should participate to increase the awareness of the society because this will help our children in their lives. Also, uh, parents should, should go to uh, specialized centers for uh, diagnosis and do not get discouraged. If they work to develop their kids' skills in a very early age, they will get great results. What would you say specifically to some of those mothers who are maybe suffering from some kind of depression, like you were mentioning before? From your experience of having gone through that, what would you say to them? First, they have to face the problem. They have to talk with people around them. They have to find support from their partners or uh, friends or other mothers because this will help them to recover from depression. And they have to recover quickly. Wasting time is not good for the kids. After that, they have to look for good centers like Nama'i. I advise all mothers I know to go to Nama'i. Those centers will help them a lot and show them how to involve their kids in the society and help them in their lives and help them to find good schools for them, solving some problems facing them with their kids. Nama'i uh, helped me a lot in uh, problems with Faris in my home. Like Faris was usually screaming and crying because I didn't understand him at that time. But Nama'i showed me how to understand Faris and how to let him express and ask what he wants. This improved his behavior. And now he's a quiet kid. Yeah, and I think shifting away from seeing the child as the problem. Mm -hmm. The problem isn't autism. The problem is the communication breakdown between us and autistic people. Yeah, you are right. And I think when we stop looking at behaviors as problems, but more of the, the lack of ability to communicate as the problem, then that kind of shifts the pressure away from the child. Yeah. Yes, you are right. When I was lack for communication with Faris, and I didn't understand him. He was screaming a lot, and 
like he was suffered of depression also mm-hmm. but when i started to understand him and find ways to communicate like before he was speaking he was using pictures pics files to express himself at this point he started to be uh, quiet a little bit and when he was able to speak he improved a lot mhm yeah that's great and that screaming comes from that frustration yeah right like him feeling misunderstood yes and this can continue on throughout adolescence and adulthood and people feeling misunderstood or not like they are able to express themselves or understand other people can cause anxiety and depression into older adulthood as well yeah it's similar if we do not have the same uh, language and we want to communicate with them we get depressed if they do not understand us yeah so i think you're right it's so important to educate the community about what these children are going through so that we can all come to a world of acceptance and inclusion yeah yes for right i want to say thank you for you for having me in your podcast and i appreciate it a lot it was very enjoyable for me <laughs> well i'm glad thank you for sharing your story with us thank you so much Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. Like most mothers, Nora has many hopes and dreams for her son. She wants him to receive a good education, be offered employment opportunities, live independently, enjoy hobbies in his free time, and develop good relationships with people around him. These hopes may seem like basic parts of everyday life for many people. However, for some autistic individuals, these dreams remain a struggle. Nora's story is a good reminder that different places around the world have varying levels of awareness and acceptance. These depend on a multitude of cultural, historical, and political factors, all of which need to be taken into consideration when trying to make truly effective progress. Sustainable change in a community must come from within. By speaking out, Nora is taking a huge step in shifting attitudes in hers. Are you a parent wanting to connect with others who are going through similar experiences? You can find support and resources in our global autism community. Just a reminder, our community is open to anyone related to autism. Whether you're a self-advocate, a family member, or a professional in the field, you can participate in these important conversations on our platform. Sign up today at community.globalautismproject.org. Let's work together to transform how the world relates to autism. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at autismknowsnoborders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please kindly rate the show and leave a review. By doing so, 
You'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.